for the right targets. That is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. Because it goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's going to get two. Lost Boy oh. Top. Time for rolling. Hey, what's going on, guys? Endless55, and welcome to Time for Rolling Esports Podcast. This is episode number 32. Uh, we are back from Split 2, weekend number one of summer season. Pretty crazy weekend this weekend. I'm joined now with my co-host, Crude Sloth. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. We had a lot of Vanglory this weekend. And I watched it all in one day. Watched it all on Sunday. Was busy at the lake this weekend. So I came back today and watched all the videos. Rough life. It was rough life. Had I enjoyed forward. my weekend though. I got to watch it all. So it was nice. I had to uh, fast forward through all the talkings. And it was actually kind of nice. Because instead of spending nine hours of day one, you can break it down into about four. So it's not that big of a deal. I watched nine hours worth of Vanglory and ate food. And got even more fat. So... Bangalore life right there. <laughs> Alright, so let's get right into this episode. We're not going to have... Uh, we're going to go real quick and break down EU all of day one and day two. We're going to go through some of NA's day one and then go into the day two. Um, so looking at the bracket for Europe, we do have the two challenger teams that came in, Calamity Reborn and Salty Potatoes. Uh, both had interesting matchups uh, going into this first weekend. But uh, looking at the bracket here, we do have Supremacy versus Dynasty, um, which I don't even know if that was Rising Lotus. Is Rising Lotus? I don't remember who they are now. I had thought they went back to Rising Lotus. It's just too confusing. Just give it a couple weeks. We'll figure it out. But they didn't <laughs> win, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Supremacy loses to Dynasty 2-0. Mouse Sports, they do face Calamity Reborn and Leon. Uh, I know you had talked about that game with me a little bit. Yeah. Calamity destroyed them. Destroyed them. Like, I was like, oh, well, I know who the champion is for this week. Yeah, so Calamity takes that game 2-0. G2 Esports played Salty Potatoes. This was uh, one of your picks. You picked Salty Potatoes to win it. Yep. I did pick G2. I was kind of disappointed with G2. They did not play uh, as I expected, but you do go ahead and get those points. Made the right pick there. Good for Salty Potatoes coming in the scene and getting... Uh, two points off of them. And then going into the last game was SK versus Fnatic. Uh, Fnatic does 2-0 SK in this game. I was pretty uh, impressed by them. Uh, Tenno, JJ, and Palmatora and Intellet, they're looking really good right now. They're looking real strong. Very strong, yeah. Playing in like the Fnatic team that we've seen them in the past before and their uh, high peaks of Vainglory. So, uh... Going to the semifinals here, EU starts getting interesting. We got Dynasty versus Clamory Reborn. That's Mowgli versus um, Leon. So I was pretty, you know, hyped to see that matchup. See Leon play his old, old teammate there. I really didn't think that Leon and Clamity Reborn was going to. I I, I was kind of torn if they were actually going to win or not. But the way that Mowgli and Rekumeza played as a team was amazing because I haven't seen that really out of them. It just goes to show that like when they do, you know, practice and you know over time how good they can get. Their chemistry was on point, and I really thought Calamity was going to win this week, and Dynasty made it to the championship. Yeah, I mean Dynasty, we've seen kind of like the other EU teams. They play well and they don't play well. It yeah. goes back and forth and. Uh, you know, EU, they're kind of up and down just based on weeks of practice. Just depends on which week of practice they had, a, you know, if they had a better week of practice or not. So, moving on to the other semifinal was Salty Potatoes versus Fnatic, which was not a clean sweep from Fnatic. They do go into three games, so Salty Potatoes picks up another point. So, um, you know, I was surprised to see Salty Potatoes getting so many points coming right in off of challenge battles. I didn't think they'd be as strong as Calamity was. But Fnatic just beat them 2-1, to one, goes on to the finals. So the finals is Fnatic versus Dynasty, which I was hyped because I did, fit, I did pick Fnatic to win this week. 
So I was cheering them on against Dynasty. I really needed these extra points. Uh, so Fnatic does beat Dynasty in the finals, and it was a pretty good matchup. Uh, Dynasty did have a little chance there. They started coming back in game uh, number two, but other than that, Fnatic, uh, Palmatar on the sky looked really strong. A lot of scarfs being played. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of scarfs. And sky, I guess both. Both of those junglers were played a lot, which is interesting to see. Sky and scarf are both very high, you know, high risk type heroes. Either you're gonna land your Spitfires, you're gonna land your, your forward barrages, and if not, you're kind of get maybe gonna get caught out and get melted pretty quickly there. So, Fnatic ends up ends up having the better micro play. They end up winning that series 2-0. Uh, third place matchup was Calamity versus Salty Potatoes. Calamity does take that two to zero, so they do get their two more points. So they're up to uh, five points, I believe, or three points, or four points. Excuse me, I forget what it is. It's one of those. Let's see, seven. They have whatever, seven. How that happens? Calamity. Yeah, yep. they have seven. Was this their first weekend? Yeah, but they had points that oh, they right, took right, over right, right, from. They took points over, so. They had three points going in because they got two points or four points this week. Okay. And then Salty Potatoes, they have three because they had zero points coming in and they got three points this week. So that makes sense. Going over all of Europe standings then, let's do that real quick. We did have a three-way tie going in, but now we have Fnatic with 27 at the top, SK with 19, Mouse Sports with 19, (laughs) Dynasty with 19, Supremacy, Rising Lotus, whoever they are, with 11, G2 with 8, Calamity with 7, and Salty Potatoes with 3. Um, so now we have a three-way tie for second instead of a three-way tie for first. Yeah, that's not as important right now as to uh, you know find that sixth spot right now. You got yeah. Calamity with seven, G2 with eight. Uh, I really don't want to see Calamity get into that sixth spot if Leon's not going to travel. I mean, I'm yeah, not trying to be points. rude here. It's pretty pointless, and it's kind of a waste of the other players' times who are putting the time in to you know, practice and... Uh, actually be able to travel so even if calamity does get six who knows maybe we'll just see like last you know spring where mouse sports went even though they had like zero points just because all those people can travel so uh, it'll just be a huge letdown just like it was with starting all over and hammers in the in the unified championship you see what happens when you don't have that starting roster yeah or just like leon last for in spring yeah true couldn't go with his team there but uh, so yeah, we do see salty. The two obviously challenge battle teams are at the bottom, but they're not far away. Salty potatoes definitely has some room to make a make a move here in these next two weeks. But that is pretty much EU as always. EU is always very interesting on how it ends up. Uh, always pretty hyped about which team's gonna make it upset, which team's gonna pull off the victory for the week. It's always a different team, but uh, definitely more hyped for Europe than what I used to be. I, yeah. I I find myself watching that just as much as NA sometimes. I feel like. Yeah, Europe is pretty fun to watch overall. There's a lot of good matchups just from teams being so even. A lot of great team fights. Just a lot of a lot of great matchups altogether. But you know, transitioning over to NA here, we can take a look at the bracket real quick. Um, you know, we see if I can find my bracket. I thought I had a picture of it. Maybe I don't. So let's not look at the bracket and let's go into the first game, which is Immortals versus Cloud Nine. Uh, I was pretty hyped to see this matchup, especially seeing Mortals as in one of the Challenge Battles team making their way into the Vainglory 8 scene. Um, you want to break down the draft? Because this one's pretty interesting. I think we should. Go ahead and break down the draft for game one then. All right, so we got Immortals on side A, Cloud9 on side B. Uh, right away we see that Immortals ban out that Catherine, and just kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the Sky and Scarf being picked more, we're kind of seeing more of this meta shifting, this always shifting because Catherine being banned first that you know that leaves open either the Baron or the 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 grace to be banned away and cloud nine they go ahead and ban away that grace which actually surprised me they left the Baron open for mortals and they didn't take it they take the lyra um cloud nine they go ahead and pick up a vox mortals they ban away kashka and then cloud nine they finally ban away the Baron, which you kind of normally don't see that Baron making it that far down the list but he did uh so then cloud nine they go ahead and pick up uh, Fortress and then Immortals pick their last two. They get uh, Kestrel and Samuel, and then the last pickup of Cloud Nine was the Kroll. Yeah, so looking at this draft, you see uh, Immortals. You know, you mentioned they do uh, not pick up the Baron. They wanted to secure that healer on their side, which I think was a smart move. 
I think DNZO can play. You know, obviously there's a lot of laners out there that are like you know that are open for him. He can play a lot of them. So uh, when you saw that Vox come out, doesn't have the highest range as a laner, and then you see a Fortress and Crawl. So them picking up that Kestrel and Samuel, I think is a very smart choice, especially with their Lyra as is their captain, because now they are you know have the range advantage against them. They can outpoke their team. They can sit back. You know, drifting barks really, you know, chunk down that crawl, which is, that's what we saw early on. We saw, you know, crawl and, uh, you know, Gabe on that fortress being a little aggressive and the other, and, you know, on the mortal side, but you really see, uh, you know, Dianzio making some good rotations, T-Tigers, you know, chasing down, you know, I Love Joseph sometimes, and I Love Joseph early on before he had defense, couldn't get away, you know, just kind of being really brutal. This game was really slow, not much action, and really just came down to, you know, which team, you know, had the better end game in the macro play, which happened to be a Cloud9 in this game. I think that Cloud9 speed was just too much for Immortals to handle a little bit. You know, having that fortress and that uh, the crawl, his perk when activated in the bush, they, they were just able to rush and just literally chunk down either the Kestrel or the Samuel. Yeah, you know, when the teams are, a lot of times now these teams in A are playing the crawl, and they're still just doing double weapon power. They're not doing the Storm Crown Aftershock we used to see. We're not really seeing those utility heroes anymore. I'm kind of glad to see that meta kind of shift away. Um, but, you know, we see Dianzio at one point kind of just get... He doesn't get his, you know, his uh, pool off in time or whatever you call it. His active camel off in time, you know, to get away from Isle of Joseph. And especially when they have War Treads, plus Isle of Joseph has his perk, you know, and his boots, like you said. But... You know, having double tension bow on old school and Isle of Joseph is, you know, the proc is ginormous coming out of them. Uh, Dianzo, I think in that game, you know, just put himself a little too much risk a few times. Didn't let T-Tigers, you know, get off his uh, his Poe, get off his damage he needed in order to build those breaking uh, miss stacks and really be able to chunk down Isle of Joseph. And that was really the main issue. We do see 17-minute game, 4-6. to six, not, not a lot happened in this game. Yeah. Personal opinion, 100%, obviously. T-Tigers is a god jungler, but I don't like him on the Samuel. I think there's other heroes. I mean, I know it always comes down to, like, conditional on, like, you know, how how, it, how the draft goes, and you have to do what's best for the draft, but I just didn't like... We don't really see T-Tigers on that Samuel very often. I think that's, like, the first time that I've seen him. Can you remember another time that you've seen him on there, really? Or I feel like I have, but you got to remember this is the first game we've actually watched him all yeah. season because he was in Challengers. So I didn't watch him too often in Challengers to see who he was playing or really, you know, pay specific attention to who T-Tigers was playing. I mean, obviously he's known for his Kashkas and that kind of stuff. So, but, you know, I think I think Samuel is probably one of his, you know, a strong hero for him just as any other of the junglers out there. And I think in this case, I think they drafted fine. I think T-Tigers on the Samuel was good against that comp, especially when you're trying to stay away. But, you know, war treads and if you just can't, you know, get far enough away from a crawl, especially, you know, once he gets level six, you just got to be extra careful. So, you know, we're seeing a crawl trend continue throughout these, you know, throughout NA. He's yeah. being played a lot more than we've seen. Well, you know, talking about this little meta shift that is happening, you know, shift hasn't happened in like a full season. I feel like we've been seeing the same thing in and out. But now, you know, Catherine's making its reappearance. We see Cloud9 ban away Catherine right away in this game too. Uh, you know, we see Immortals not ban Grumpjaw, not ban Baron, not ban, you know, those top, you know, normal ones anyways. Not even ban a healer here, they just ban Box away. So that gives Cloud9, you know, graced, and that means Immortals can pick up Baron. And then, you know, Cloud9 pick, bans away the Lyra, so the healer's gone. Um, you know, Immortals, they decide to ban away that Idris just in case they want to play that counter against that uh, Baron. And then uh, Cloud9, they pick up this Adagio and Glaive, which is this double healing comp that we see Glaive diving in. You get the Gift of Fire from Adagio on him, and, you know, just really ha having uh, Glaive do that damage while Adagio sits in the back and just, you know, adds his breaking miss stacks and just absolutely does work. So, uh, draft coming on Cloud9, I thought it was pretty strong. Immortals finishes up with a Baptiste Captain, which, you know, seeing Max Green on that, I was interested to see. You know, Max Green needs to prove himself along with the rest of the captains. We're seeing Starboy play really well recently. You know, obviously you got Gabe Izzel and uh, Flash always playing well, but you know, having a new captain in the mix, he needs to, you know, play very extremely well. Uh, and I think he has been playing pretty well. He's been surprising me a lot. You know, that last game on that Lyra, he did go two and one. He had a few uh, cheeky steals there with his uh, with his heel. You know, a couple kills by popping that at the very last second. I was pretty impressed. And then they finished up with that crawl. So once again, we see the crawl. 
Uh, we do see that crawl being another, you know, weapon build, weapon power there. It's just a poison shiv and tension bow. That's the standard build uh, recently on that crawl. So I always love when Cloud9 picks up Adagio. Adagio is definitely not meta right now, but whenever Cloud9 picks up an Adagio, you know that old school, most of the time, most of the time old school is going to get that hero, especially with the grace being picked up there. We knew Gabe Vizzle was going to be on that grace, but that double heal that we, you know, normally you see it, if you see it, it's going to be with like Grace Lyra. But C9 pulled this out of their back pocket. I mean, obviously, old school, he's so good on that Adagio that it just it, it fit this match. Yeah, and I mean, really, this match that we see uh, going into the 18-minute mark, Cloud9 winning 7-2 to two at this point. They are pushing in with a Kraken. Um, they kind of pushed in a little too, maybe too aggressive. They thought they had the, the damage to end the game. T-Tigers, DNZO, Max Green, they kind of... Uh, spawn at the right at the, towards the end of second turret being destroyed. Uh, at this point, Dianzio is a full four item uh, Baron, so he's going to be doing a lot of damage. Uh, specifically at this moment, we do see them uh, getting an ace against Cloud Nine, and then the Crystal Century actually just respawns and is at the base with them. So now it's four people versus Kraken. <laughs> uh, Crystal Century does help defeat the Kraken. So the Kraken is the MVP. Kraken was one swing away from victory. Uh, it seemed like Cloud9 should have won that game. Uh, Mortals, like I said, that four item Baron allowed them yeah. to kind of scale up and end up winning the game. They turn it around after this mark, you know, 18 to, or 18 minute end. Uh, they end up winning 10 to 7 about seven minutes later. So DNZO kind of got spiraled up. T Tiger started surviving majorly, getting his Atlas off on Isle of Joseph and on Old School. Both those uh, heroes there, T Tiger did a great job of focusing down Old School. Old School 2 and 4 did struggle. He did have a Crucible on him. Uh, we've been seeing those Crucibles coming out when you have these. Uh, Fearsome Shades coming out of Max Room with the Echo. Uh, we saw later on Gangstar's Iraqi doing the same thing, having a Crucible, because when you're playing against a Baptiste with an Echo, you're going to have to block two Fearsome Shades, and that Fearsome Shade ultimate can absolutely change how a fight ends up. So, Don't you love how Echo just became part of meta just like that, like overnight it seems like? Like no one was buying Echo's, what, week two, three? Of we the... talked about how Starboy started using yeah, an Echo. I know, it's crazy. And, you know, we hadn't really seen it yet on Gabe or Flash, and I was interested to see, you know, if they were going to start adapting that. And, you know, we'll talk about it later, but it's it's becoming an echo on almost every captain we've seen echoes on catherine's we've seen echoes on arden we've seen echoes on curl in the jungle i forget who did that there was someone did an echo with the two help from hell heart and i can't remember who it was right now and then but... you get yeah well crawl yeah paired up with the kashka we've seen the yeah. kashka you know he when that's in the wrong position you know it's it's crazy how many times that's you know actually viable uh you know an echo on lance Probably not. You don't need to barrel roll a million times. I mean, you need to be barrel rolling everywhere. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about the Echo again later on when we get into the Rogue matchup here. But So we do see a Game 3. I was uh, excited to see a Game 3, maybe Immortals. I had talked about Immortals having a chance to actually uh, upset um, Cloud9. We're not going to go through the whole draft here because, unfortunately, Cloud9, I'm just going to read off their draft. Uh, Cloud9 decides and pulls out, you know, we really need the points this week. So we're going to... Pull out a TC, uh, TSM draft. They uh, drafted the Vox, Kashka, and uh, crawled the, that comp. And, uh, of course, that Kashka does go in the jungle, gets an echo. You have I Love Joseph on that Tension Bow, uh, Poison Shiv, Crawl, and then Old School on that um, Vox. And Old School absolutely dominated. 9-0. and zero. I Love Joseph dominated as well. 5-1. and one. Unfortunately, uh, T Tiger struggled big time on that Baptiste. Um, I don't know. It was just a. It felt weird that game for me with Immortals. You know, they just didn't look like they were really setting anything up. T Tiger wasn't doing damage. DNZO got caught up. It's just. It's really. It's hard to stay safe when you have a. You know that annoying cat that can just jump on your face twenty four seven, and you know Kashka's already aggressive enough. So when you have that much defense on her, Kasha can really be a nuisance. I don't think they were prepared for the amount of stuns and silences coming out from that. I mean, I know they, they've probably seen it, you know, with TSM did it last week, but I just don't think they expected it the way that they were drafting in this matchup. They were like, I think when it was all said and done, they were like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, and we see, you know, Gabe Hizzle, he tweeted out, like, wow, yeah. like, you know, 
TSM is their draft gods because he said he doesn't know if that comp's gonna be uh it's gonna be beatable because it just you get you know two stuns out of like, Gabe Bizzle you get I love Joseph stun and a silence on old school and it's it's pretty scary to see what can happen you can lock someone down for a pretty long time so yeah like I said 15 to two really not much to talk about in this game um. Uh, old school with the you know an ace here in this game he does a really great job I was just I was really impressed with cloud nine in that game they actually you know look like the cloud nine that uh, we've seen but yeah I love Joseph you know just as strong in the jungle it was interesting interesting to see him on a crawl and him start playing more and more junglers out there but uh, next series I was pretty interested to see it was my match to watch I believe Gangstars versus Hammers. Uh, I was interested to see if Hammers were going to, you know, prove themselves and if Gangstars are going to stay, you know, quote-unquote, a top three team. So um, going into this draft, this draft is pretty interesting. If you'd like to break this one down for us. Yep, so we got Gangstars on side A, Hammers on side B. Uh, right away, Gangstars, they go ahead and ban out that Lyra. Um, that allows for, that forces Hammers to either ban out a Grace or a Baron. Uh, Hammers, they do ha they do go ahead and ban out that Grace. I was surprised Gangstars did not pick up the Baron. They pick up the Catherine instead. Still a good pickup. Um, Hammers, they go ahead and pick up a Glaive right away, and then they ban away the Baron. Uh, Gangstars follows that up by a Vox ban, um, which then allows Hammers to go ahead and pick up that Baptiste. And then the final two pickups for Gangstars are Adagio, which was interesting, and then uh, the Grumpjaw was the final pickup. Uh, we've seen Xenotech play that Grumpjaw a couple times. Pretty, he's done pretty well on it. Um, and then the actually the last pickup for Hammers was a Rhyme. So Rhyme comes out. Yeah, we've seen a Rhyme be a good counter towards that Grumpjaw. Uh, Fortified Health does a pretty insane job of countering Attention Bow, Double Tyrants, Grumpjaw, which Xenotech uh, played. Played decently well. He was doing a lot of uh, big damage. Uh, starting all over, it was uh, extremely sneaky in this game on that Glaive. There was many, many times where he got out with sliver of health. Uh, there was a time where he backported in the middle of a team fight. Uh, Play <laughs> Playboy Afro and uh, Archaic were fighting around while starting, snuck into a bush and was literally backporting in the middle of a Crystal Sentry, Xeno, Iraqi, and Vayne. He might have had 50 HP health. Yeah, not even. It was insane. So he had 76. Never mind. <laughs> Looking at it right now. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was talking about captains earlier. Playboy Afro is another captain that's been surprising me. Um, you know, he's been playing extremely well as well. Uh, you know, he got uh, starting all over in Archaic. When these two were playing, you know, the best game or, you know, their highest potential, uh, Hammers was looking extremely well. This game, extremely disappointed. Uh, Iraqi on this. You know, Adagio just seemed to struggle. Couldn't really make much happen. He goes 0-5 on this Adagio. You know, we see at times Xenotech going in when uh, Iraqi wasn't really, you know, he was sitting back but wasn't doing any damage. You know, Xeno was 4-3 and three on that Grumchaw. Uh, when you have that tension bow double tyrants, you can kind of just melt people off the face of Earth sometimes. And like I said, starting, you know, 4-4 four and four, didn't have the best game, but Archaic on this, you know, Rhyme, he did his job of countering that Grumchaw, and he's the sole reason why they won that yeah, game. it was a, a fantastic uh, draft by them and archaic played it well he executed it well yeah and like i said you know this another echo on playboy afro i'm interested to see i kind of want to go back through and look at every game every screenshot i have and see how many of the captains have an echo uh they talked about it in one of the games echo is an item that is kind of just it takes up a slot it's not very smart to build but when you're a captain you know you have slots to fill so if you're using an echo to get another cc ability then you might as well. Uh, you don't need it for damage. As a captain, you're not doing damage, but you can use it for more utility. So it's a really great item for a captain. But going into the last Hammers versus Gangstars game, uh, honestly, you know, we see Gangstars playing better this game. Uh, Xenotech on that uh, Baptiste, uh, he did a little better. We do see uh, a Catherine sneak through this game. Gangstars pick up Catherine again at the very end of their draft. Hammers, we see Archaic on a uh, Crystal Black Feather, and we see starting all over on his, you know, quote-unquote, one-trick Ringo that everyone kind of talked about. Didn't he go Crystal Power? Or did I, am I imagining that? Archaic went Crystal Black Feather. Oh, okay. Starting all over went Weapon Power. Okay. 
But we see Playboy Afro on a Grace, another Echo. We see Vane's on a Catherine, and uh, Vane's also built an, uh, an Echo. But Vane's didn't only Echo his ultimate, he also echoed his Merciless uh, Pursuit. So, you know, when you Echo a double stun, that's more CC. It's pretty crazy to think about how that can change a fight. You only have so many reflex box coming out of them, but this game was very sloppy on both parts. 19 to 13 was the final kills here. Uh, we see gangsters strong or starting or you know being have a stronger start. 17 minutes in, they're up 13 to four and they're already pushing down the choke turret uh, with a kraken. But really, we see gangsters make a few questionable mistakes. They had two chances, two times to end the game and just end up pretty much just throwing the game. Um, you know, the second time, especially with Iraqi going in, I don't know if he just thought that he was going to be able to tank up uh, the rest of uh, Hammers and just take down the turret right away, but he pretty much got deleted while um, Xenotech and Veins kind of sat back, and I think they were trying to go for more for a team fight, but uh, just a lot of miscommunication. I know Gangstars was really upset. Kind of, I saw some tweets, you know, they were like, you know, this was a rough one, we lost this one, we, we kind of blew it. So they had some chances, and they kind of threw it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, at the end, the last time they tried to go for it, it was just it was a 3v2 situation, you know? Be patient, take the fight 3v2 if you need to. Uh, unfortunately, they thought they had the damage, but, you know, when starting all over has, uh, you know, a Ringo like that, a four-item Ringo, he's going to stutter sub and absolutely melt you. There was times I saw two times where Ringo... He was just, you know, burning through that, you know, shield of veins. He was just stacking up, and he didn't even have breaking point, just using that tornado trigger and all that crit. So, uh, you know, starting, it was fun to see him on a Ringo again. I was really excited to see him back on a hero that he just has always looked so comfortable on. So, you know what, Hammers, they go ahead and move on to day two, and we see them starting to look better and better, kind of more like that Hammers team we used to see them, uh, you know, they used to be back when the T-Tigers was with them. So... Yeah, I'm really happy to see them back to kind of where they were because they were really falling off there for a while. But so going into the next matchup, we're going to talk about here Rogue versus TSM. Uh, you know, going into this matchup, we did talk about uh, TSM being kind of questionable this week. We uh, obviously picked TSM to win, but we did talk about how there's a chance that Rogue could possibly beat them. Uh, Flash X did play. Uh, I think they took it seriously. I don't think they screwed around. I think they played some serious comps. But, uh, you know, we see Rogue just play out of their mind. Uh, Evolve, you know, kind of when Evolve's playing well, the whole team's going to play well. Uh, you know, and they even have a different roster themselves. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is Pond the Original wasn't even playing. It was Stormy Cross. And, I mean, as we go through these games, we'll kind of find out that Stormy Cross is a, a uh, sub god because he played extremely well yeah stormy cross got two heroes that he's obviously really comfortable with uh you know day one we see him succeed majorly on these day two a uh, little different story yeah, struggled maybe just, a little bit you know more nerves or just uh maybe they just played out of their mind against tsm but uh we can go through the first count or the first game here draft for uh tsm versus rogue uh, we see uh, Rogue, they do right away, they ban away that Idris, that Idris, uh, you know, kind of picking up for that first round pick. TSM ban away that Grace. Rogue picks up that Baron, you know, making sure they get that uh, Baron for Hammy. Hammy's been playing Baron a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of laners finally getting that banner or bearing Baron play on the par. That was rough there. <laughs> yeah. And then we see uh, Lyra, first pick uh, for TSM. Uh, the next round of bands for Rogue is uh, Glaive. And then we see that Crawl band away for TSM. And then we see a Catherine picked up for Rogue. Uh, once again, Catherine has been picked. And then we see uh, TSM pick up Vox. Rogue picks up Baptiste. And TSM picks up Blackfeather. So Vansi on a Crystal Blackfeather. I was excited to see that. Um, because, you know, Blackfeather being someone that Von C doesn't always get to play, but when he does, especially his Crystal Blackfeather, it's always interesting because he normally goes a lot of attack power, no defense, and just relies on his fortified health from his on point. Yeah, I thought, kind of get diving into the game here, I thought that Flash X did a really good job of um, kind of, you know, doing a little bit of the poke damage, and then they would kind of, like, fall back, and, you know, with Flash X being that Lyra, he would kind of heal up the team, and they could kind of go back in. They were dragging out those fights a little bit more, which I thought was more an advantage of 
the the TSM side obviously compared to Rogue. Um, they try to you know they do a lot of damage to Hammy on that Baron. He you know he doesn't really heal up, so you try to just chunk him down, and they would go back in. And I, I just thought Flash X did a really good job of that. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of miscommunication between Best Chuck and Von C. Von C does go seven and four this game. Uh, obviously, Von C Blackfeather against a Baptiste uh, is pretty strong. You can just Rose Offensive out of those ordains. You don't really get trapped, and I think Stormy knew that. So Stormy was definitely targeting Best Chuck a lot. Uh, we also see, you know, Hammy being targeted major by Von C. So it's kind of just a battle of the junglers to the laners, jungler to laner, and. Uh, fortunately, Stormy would just have the more power than Von C would. Stormy's, uh, you know, bad mojo is easier to stack up with. Von C has to rely on, on points, and if he misses, I think those are easier to miss than Stormy crosses yeah. uh, bad mojo. So, and then Evo, like I said, uh, you know, he played a pretty interesting Catherine here. You know, we have zero atlases. We don't have a Crucible. All we have is a Fountain and Echo, a Null Wave, and then... Um, you have a uh, war tread so you know if you're not using a double silence with your echo you're using a null wave plus maybe two merciless pursuits and like i said when evol's playing well rogue's playing well and i think evol played a pretty insane captain uh position this game and really allowed you know e uh, hammy you know hammy did a lot of damage but storming was your main cleanup guy he uh, definitely had some pretty crazy crazy team fights there yeah so i mean rogue they get the ace at the 20 minute mark and they pretty much just end and push to win the game so surprisingly i think to a lot of people rogue take game one over tsm um i know people talk about the caster curse they they had said that you know tsm won four weeks in a row and no one's ever done that before it's the longest streak and of course you know uh tsm we find out that they're gonna lose this streak so going into the second uh matchup here Real quick, TSM and Rogue. Um, TSM on side A, they go ahead and ban away that Grace. Rogue, they go ahead and ban away the Baron. So two of the top people are off the board. TSM, they go ahead and pick up uh, Vox. And then Rogue, they pick up Lyra. Uh, the next set of bans, Rogue, they ban away Catherine. TSM, they go ahead and ban away that Idris. Rogue picks up a Kestrel. And we surprisingly see TSM pick up a Kroll, and then a Lance. We haven't seen Lance played that much here recently as far as that captain position, or any position for that matter. And Rogue's final pickup is that Black Feather. Yeah, so this was pretty much the big story of the weekend was, or day one, was Stormy Cross's Black Feather. A lot of people talked about how uh, Stormy Cross is known for his Black Feather. If he has that Black Feather, he's probably going to play pretty well. And, um, you know, we see this Vox and Kroll comp, which we see a lot. You know, double weapon power. Uh, we see a lot. We we don't see a crazy amount of defense, as much as defense as I thought coming out of Rogue. Uh, Hammy, for instance, doesn't even have any armor, and you're playing against double weapon power. It's a pretty interesting strategy. Uh, you see Flash X. Um, he has a metal jacket, and, you know, Hammy went four and five. Struggled once again to get kills, but he put out damage. And that was all that was really important. Again, Best Chuck just struggled this week, man. He went two and seven on his box. Von C five and five on the crawl. He just didn't really have the follow up he needed. Stormy Cross, uh, he was kind of allowed just to run free. Uh, he went eleven and zero on this box feather. Yeah, I mean we do see um, at at the end. I guess we saw after TSM had lost that Best Chuck did tweet out that you know hey this was a a, wake, a good wake up call and. Um, that they can be beat in GG's to Rogue because Rogue took it to them. They beat them. I mean, 17-minute mark, they got the crack in, and, and it was all over from there. So, I mean, I don't, do you have anything else to say about that one? Because they pretty I mean, much... just the fact that Rogue, you know, they were on my cool throne going into this weekend. Uh, the fact that they got into VG8, they were coming off of, you know, the whole are they a top team, all that kind of stuff coming out of Challengers. Not even having Pawn the original playing for them, they go ahead and make it to day two, and they beat you know the best team in NA. So yeah, uh, good for them. And you know, like we'll talk about them again later on about their day two performance. But you know, day one was good enough, I guess. All right. So the last matchup was uh, Tempo versus Nova. I did pick uh, Tempo to win, <clears throat> and you did pick Nova, I believe. Yep. And that was an off-string match. So we aren't going to talk about that. We are going to move on to day two since uh, we do have a lot to talk about still. But uh, Tempo does win that 2-0. to zero. No. Or, sorry, Nova. Nova does win that 2-0. to zero, Which uh, we see Nova having a coach now, belligerent, the old coach of Gangstars. He's now with Nova. 
you know, maybe getting some better practices in, some more strong pa or better weeks in. We talked about, you know, heard Starboy talk about that. You know, they have better practice weeks. You know, they're going to have better performances. So seeing Nova beat that tempo team. Um, so going into day two then, real quick, we'll start out with the first matchup, with, which is going to be uh, Cloud9 versus the Nova team. Um, <clears throat> I was interested to see how Nova was going to do. Uh, they're getting more interesting to watch. Starboy, as a captain, he makes a lot of crazy good plays. Uh, Lone Delphi, he's been doing all right, but uh, Truth, uh, he's been doing really well in the laning position. So I was interested to see how they were going to draft against Cloud9 and how they were going to fare against Cloud9. Uh, so going into this first draft, we see Nova right away ban away uh, Idris, which is we've seen that. If you ban Idris, you're probably going to go for that Baron. Uh, Cloud9 bans away Catherine. They just don't want to deal with her. Obviously, they have a plan for a Baron because when someone you know bans Idris, they're probably going to pick up Baron. So Noah does first pick that Baron, while Cloud9 does first pick the Vox. Second round of bans, we see Cloud9 ban away Baptiste, and then Nova goes ahead and bans away that uh, Kashka. Uh, you know, Cloud9's got that that Vox, so they may try to pull out that Kashka and Kroll, that Kroll comp. So they take that away from Isle of Joseph. And then uh, first pickups for Nova here for the last two pickups is uh, Lyra and Samuel. And then Cloud9, we see them pick up the grace as their captain we've got that healer out there we have both healers matter of fact and then we see um that crystal black feather coming out of isle of joseph yeah i mean surprised to see that grace get far down in that draft again i mean i see what you're saying that nova you know they wanted to get rid of that kashka because it is i love joseph's one of his better heroes and uh they don't want to see that comp again but i was kind of surprised to see they didn't take away that grace or at least try to pick up that grace well they didn't have a chance to because uh, C9 picked it up before him, but I was I was surprised to see them go with that one. Yeah, I mean, we see uh, Cloud9 probably not too worried about getting Grace or not. They do ban away the Catherine. Uh, we know which is someone gave Vizzle plays a lot, so we just uh, they probably had a specific idea in mind about what they wanted to draft, and it was probably their plan was probably to get Lyra, or uh, they were okay with Grace as well, and they weren't going to put a prior prioritizing on that. Yeah, I mean, I think C9 just played it extremely well this game um you know we did see early on uh with old school being pretty aggressive he did get caught out at the 530 mark with the whole nova team but after that i mean c9 was pretty much in control definitely the early game to the mid game um you know c9 they got an ace at the 16 minute mark they took the turret and unleashed the kraken it was just pretty much your typical c9 um squeezing out the life of the other team and just taking the entire game um, Gabe Vizzle played extremely well with that Grace. Um, when you get the double echo plus the fountain, the amount of heals. Double echo or, or yeah, double heal using the echo. Yep, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, he, he did extremely well. Um, C9, they pretty much take game one. So uh, they did a great job focusing on uh, Truce Baron as well, um, taking him out and making that hit their main focus so that they didn't have to worry about that huge damage from that Baron. Yeah, if you can do enough pressure on a Baron and you know keep him away from a four-item Baron late game, that's what can be terrifying. Even if you have a lead, that is one thing in Bangalore that can stop a snowball is a four-item Baron. So you know going into game two, I was interested to see if Noah was gonna you know maybe do a little different draft here and you know take a game off of Cloud Nine. So going in the draft, Cloud Nine not dealing with Captain. They just don't want to deal with it. Gabe's like, I don't want to have to worry about reflex boxing or crucible, any type of silence. Yeah. Just get rid of Catherine. Nova goes ahead and bans with that Baron then. Uh, Cloud9 picks up the Vox right away, and then Nova picks up that Baptiste, which I was interested to see if this was going to be Starboy's Baptiste. I like Starboy's Baptiste a lot. His Fearsome Shades can be very game-changing. Uh, we see Cloud9 go ahead and ban away Crawl, and we see Nova ban away that Blackfeather. Uh, I love Joseph just played a Blackfeather pretty well, so they're going to get rid of him. I don't know if that's the best ban, I think uh, targeting uh, I Love Joseph isn't the smartest thing, considering uh, he can play pretty much anything else. Uh, last two pickups for Cloud9 is a Fortress and a Kashka. Those were instantly locked, and they knew that was what they wanted to get. So they did get that draft. Um, then we see Nova ending with that um, Grace, which we uh, know now that's going to be a Jungle Baptiste. And we see Truth in the or in the lane now with that Weapon Power Kestrel. So... I was interested to see this comp. I was interested to see Lone Delphi on a Baptiste, see how he was going to do against a very aggressive comp coming out of um, C9. C9. So 
uh, you know, going into this game, we see um, Cloud9 playing to the win conditions, I think, for the most part. Gabe Vizzle, or excuse me, uh, Old School going 6-1. and one. Gabe Vizzle going 4-1 and one on a very aggressive Fortress. Isle Joseph struggled on Akashka. You know, Truth was just kind of punishing Isle of Joseph. Isle of Joseph was trying to stack defense, just couldn't get the damage off. At one point, we see, you know, Island, or Cloud9 kind of dominating the the jungle. They don't have enough vision down, though. They, they think they can get Kraken, and they decide not to get Kraken, but they didn't know that Nova didn't realize C9 was getting Kraken. So they kind of backed off a of Kraken. We see, uh, I think it was Starboy that said thanks because he realized that they didn't get Kraken. Yeah. And he's like, oh, thanks for not getting Kraken. Thanks. That helps us a lot. We were out of position. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, we see it. Lone Duffy struggle on Baptiste. Lone Duffy, I don't know. I, Lone Duffy needs to figure out his heroes that he's comfortable on, needs to work on the heroes he's not comfortable on. Uh, Truth is kind of carrying right now. Uh, Lone Duffy is one of my favorite people to watch, so I'm challenging him to step it up. But, uh, yeah, Starboy. Pretty interesting to watch once again that echo on that uh, grace, but we see a pretty turn a big turning point at the end of these uh, fights. Truth uh, doing a great job of getting the kills he needed in order to uh, set up a nice backdoor to win the game. I was pretty uh, surprised to see a team like Cloud Nine let a backdoor go through. I do want to back up a little bit to the beginning of the game. I just something that I personally noticed. I felt like that Nova was doing a lot of chasing, trying to like they were just trying to chase kills, especially the first five minutes of the game. Uh, you know, Gabe or Gabe and I love Joseph would be um, over in their in the Nova's jungle, you know, taking camps or whatever, and they'd realize it and they would be chasing them down, trying to get the kill, and it, they they never did. I just felt like they wasted more time than anything, and a lot, that just amplified the snowball a little bit of. Um, C9 getting out and getting ahead of Nova and Nova trying to dig themselves out. So I thought that was a, a big part of the of the game. Yeah, you know, we see this new shift in kind of meta of how the fight or how each game starts out. You see whoever is on side A, they kind of rush to that mid-treant of side B. They kind of take control of that and they are allowed to uh, take over the elder treant in the middle of the map. It's pretty interesting rotation. Uh, I would like to see a team on side B kind of out-rotate them and make a way to the backs if possible. Normally team B just starts at their backs and their laner starts farming and tries to push lanes quick as possible to allow that laner from side A to maybe miss some farm. So interesting new tactic that's been kind of uh, appearing. We'll see how long it sticks around. But yeah, we see Nova take a game off of C9. I don't really have much to talk about in this game besides the fact that Truth somehow pulled off a backdoor yeah. against a Cloud9 team who should know better should, yeah i mean maybe they just got caught sleeping because they're not used to that yeah not yeah. used to a team truth being was like, like you guys you guys hold them i'm gonna go win the game real quick and it was just a couple of arrows and he's like yep got it game over yeah so i don't know i don't know what c9 was doing really there just maybe a miscommunication they're like you know what we'll take it in game three <laughs> Yeah, which Game 3's draft was pretty interesting. Uh, we see these counter picks be successful once again. I'm not going to through all the draft, but the main thing was we see this double heal comp that we saw uh, being ran earlier. This Grace and Adagio paired up with a uh, Grumpjaw. So it works, but it also doesn't work when you have a Rhyme. And this is what Sweet J called. He says, I don't know if I love Joseph plays Rhyme, but if he does, I think this could work in this case, that Fortified Health player paired up with a lyra into that grum jaw um and i was surprised to see i love joseph do as well as he uh did on that uh rhyme it doesn't matter what what hero i love joseph has he can he does it all so yeah i mean it was a great like like you said sweet jay calling that out it was a great pickup by rhyme a great counter to that grum jaw um c9 they pretty much pretty much dominated this game um Nova didn't really have much of a chance, in my opinion, with from the draft. Yeah, I mean, with this comp, you know, Lone Delphi is supposed to do a lot of damage, a lot of upfront burst damage. Old school, great positioning, seven and two on this box. Uh, Truth on the Adagio, he wasn't uh, doing any damage at all. Uh, we saw a lot of times I Love Joseph would get just in the right position and he'd be able to root Truth down, uh, get out of spiral, and you know, it just absolutely dominates him. So. Uh, we don't even see Isle of Joseph get a, a broken myth. He didn't have time to. 16 minutes, 30 seconds into the game, Cloud9 gets that crack, and then they push in. Just too much damage. Couldn't be stopped. Uh, yep. They go ahead and win game three, and they go ahead and move on to uh, the finals for day two. The championship. 
So that leads us with our other matchup for the day, for day two, which would be Rogue versus Hammers. Yeah, Rogue versus Hammers. Uh, first up on the draft here, we got Rogue on side A, Hammers on side B. Right away we see Rogue, they go ahead and ban away the Grace. Hammers, they counter that with the Baron, pretty typical so far. Uh, Rogue, they go ahead and pick up a strong pickup with Lyra. Uh, Hammers counters that with the Catherine. Uh, Rogue, they go ahead and ban away the Baptiste, and Hammers bans away that Idris. Um, Rogue, they go ahead and their last two pickups are Blackfeather and Vox. I was kind of surprised to see Vox make it that far down the list. Uh, hammers, though, they go ahead and pick up the Kestrel and the Samuel. So a lot of kiting on the side of the Hammers there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to kite, honestly, when you have a uh, Blackfeather who has the double rose offensive plus the portal coming out of Lyra. But, you know, Hammers did a pretty decent job in this matchup. I think uh, Rogue overall through these matches, in yeah. my personal opinion. I would agree. I think the first matchup, maybe Hammers played well enough that they actually won it. But, uh, yeah, we just, you know, we see uh, Hammers going se or winning 7-1. to one. Not much happening this game, 17 minutes in. Starting all over, uh, Sorrow Blade and Double Tyrants, uh, pretty much melting people. He went seven and zero. Archaic zero and zero, and Playboy zero and one. So it was all starting all over this matchup. He pretty much did all the work. Uh, one trick Kestrel as well as one trick Ringo. So starting had a game that he he needed honestly. Yeah, so if you rewatch this, you can pretty much fast forward to the nine minute mark because not a whole lot happened until then, and it was over pretty quickly. Cracking, you know, they it was taken by Hammers at the fifteen forty five minute minute mark, and they uh, pushed to win from there. So, yeah, uh, we talked about earlier Stormy Cross being on a black feather, crystal black feather, and they say you know when he gets on a black feather, he uh, normally wins and dominates. Uh, not so much this game. He had struggle, he struggled hitting his on points. Archaic did a great job of floating around and his drifting dark, staying away from Stormy Cross. Stormy couldn't hit his on points, couldn't get that 45 health to keep him alive. He really just struggled this game 0-3 on that Black Feather. I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping Stormy was going to be like this crazy sub for them, who we saw him, you know, kind of dominate. And I mean kind of 11-0 against <laughs> TSM in day one. So going into day two, I was super hyped to see him play. Uh, and keep maybe dominating like he did, which he didn't have the you know terrible games I should say, but he didn't dominate and play on point, no pun intended, as possible like he did in day one. So yeah, that's pretty much all for game one. Game two is pretty interesting. Uh, going to the drafts, hammers they do pick up a a, a Catherine. Just skipping around here to the main points. Uh, Rogues draft is pretty interesting. They do pick up a Baptiste, a Glaive, and an Arden. So I was interested to see the Arden come out in this situation. I would rather them, you know, maybe flex that Baptiste and picked uh, up a maybe a, who knows an Adagio in the lane there, or possibly just you know someone such as a Baptiste again, or excuse me, um, a Samuel. But uh, the main thing I want to talk about in this game is Evolve. Evolve does uh, play Arden, and he also does play an Echo Arden, which we talked about earlier. Uh, it was pretty crazy seeing the double echo gauntlets out there. And, you know, some of them, he, it worked out well. And some of them, you got to hit your echo right after you use your gauntlet. And there's times he got stunned by, uh, you know, Playboy right after. And it was hard for him to get the echo off correctly. Sometimes he echoed like a punch or a vanguard. And, you know, we saw team fights not going their way. Yeah. If you mess that up, it's like it's like what they said on the desk. I mean, it pretty much came down to whether the fight was won or lost by if Mo or not Mobley, um, if Evol hit his um, gauntlets correctly or not. And like you were talking about with the echo, if he was echoing it and getting two off. But did you also notice that Hammers pretty much just took Vox and Blackfeather, which Rogue ran the first game, and they were like, "No, here, watch. I'll show you how to play this real quick." Now, yeah, I mean, when you have a, a comp that you play right after the the other team just played it and you uh, play even better, you know, that's a starting all over move right there. I'll show you how yeah. to play this. So <laughs> uh, he did pretty well on the Vox along with Archaic on that uh, Blackfeather coming out of the jungle there, that, that Crystal Blackfeather, which is you know, always fun to watch. It's very, you know, if they get down points on, they're going to win the fights. They get that fortified health, but... You know, if they're struggling hitting those on point, they ain't going to stay alive long. We see some uh, 
some junglers absolutely flop on that black feather if they don't do the the you know the, the right on point at the right time so you know we see this is one of the team fight rogue uh they were kind of dominating like we had talked about you know evil was putting on gauntlets pretty pretty clutch spots making the mobility portion of um I, or uh, starting all over in archaic kind of struggle they couldn't get out of those gauntlets but there's times when he only got one gauntlet down they would get out and the team fights would go hammers way rogue kind of threw towards the end of the game allowing hammers to you know kind of push to win that team that game yeah they definitely threw i mean rogue they got the crack and they were taking turrets you know number three and four but starting he had a great uh triple kill uh it'll be on our uh, one of our top five plays i believe correct yes it will make sure you guys check that out dragon uh, or dragon and ripcore dra uh, ginger and a beard they're making those highlights for us so make sure you check that out it will be in the show notes that'll be coming out the same time you're listening to this because he had a killer triple kill and that actually led to Hammers turning the game around and getting the, another ace at the twenty, oh, the thirty minute mark. This game was going thirty minutes, and uh, they pretty much won from there, though. So yeah, when you're when you're dominating early games such as Rogue was doing, they were had the game in their favor. If you get to that thirty minute mark and you allow maybe a box who just got ramped up and has a you know infuse, you allow him to get a triple kill. As soon as he got that triple kill, I kind of thought to myself, you know, he's got a good chance of picking up another either double or triple towards the end of this game. And pro you know possibly pushing a win because death timers are so high, so that's kind of what we saw happen. Um, yeah, definitely a good point. Point out that triple kill from starting. Make sure you guys watch the video because we actually get to see that and know what we're talking about. So it's pretty great having that teamed up with our podcast. It is awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Too bad we couldn't create it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Not smart enough to do that. So we see Hammers going on to the finals here. We have Hammers in the finals once again. Been a while since they've been there. Uh, definitely deserve to be back. Feels it, good, man. It is Cloud9 versus Hammers. Uh, I was interested to see how it's definitely just rooting for Hammers. Did not want Cloud9 to win. Did not want Crew to get more points because mm, I dominated. That's right. I picked Cloud9. I dominated in EU. Had a really great week in EU. Picked a lot of good picks. So NA, I needed... Uh, Needed him to struggle because unfortunately I picked TSM to win and uh you know TSM did lose the rogue. So going into this last matchup, uh, we see Hammers versus Cloud9 back back and forth matches a lot more than I thought. I think Cloud9 would have won in two if they didn't kind of basically throw yeah. in game two with their draft. They drafted something a little weird. Uh, game one, we kind of see everything's pretty much normal. We see Cloud9 run the double heal with uh, Grace and Adagio with that crawl instead of maybe a Grumpjaw or a Glaive. It works kind of all in the same ways. We Side note, C9, Adagio, Gold School. All right, keep going. That's all I wanted to say. Once again, we do see yeah. Adagio. You had talked about that earlier. Uh, we see not only just a normal healing person, but you got Crawl. So we know when Crawl's got that poison ship, he's going to heal himself a lot up anyways. So much sustain. So Hammers, they go with that Sky. Uh, that's a decent pick against that Crawl to do a forward barrage, frost burn, stay away from him, get some distance from him, use your Surrey Strike to reposition, all that good stuff. We do see um, Playboy Afro on a Baptiste, who has been playing that really well. And then we see starting on his Kestrel, which we saw him get, you know, go 7-0 one game and play pretty decent. So I was interested to see on how he was going to do against Cloud9 team, against one of the stronger teams in uh Vanglory 8 right now, but unfortunately it didn't work out as well for them. Yeah, I mean, C9 just dominating. They were getting all the gold mines. They they were not letting uh, Hammers get any any chance of getting back into the game as far as uh, the CS and the gold goes, because their rotations to take objectives were pretty much perfect. Um, C9, they, they, you know, they, they get the crack in at the 16-minute mark, uh, but Gabe kind of makes... He tries to chase down hammers, and it kind of bites him in the butt a little bit. He he kind of gets burst down and actually ends up dying. So that kind of let hammers, you know, focus on that crack game with the three v two, and kind of fend off the the C nine uh, push. And didn't really last much longer after that though. But C nine they did get that ace at the eighteen minute mark and push to win the game then. So so yeah, going over to game two here. Let's go ahead and break down this draft. This was the draft that I think. Cloud9 kind of, uh, just, I don't know, they just drafted a strange draft, maybe trying to try something, 
Try something new here, but it just really didn't work out for them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Hammers on side A, Cloud9 on side B. We get uh, Hammers, they go ahead and ban away the Vox. Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away the Catherine. That allows Hammers to pick up that Grace. Baron is still on the board, but no one picks that up. Um, Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Lyra. Hammers bans away the Kroll. They don't want anything to do with the Kroll. Uh, Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away the Kestrel. Uh, they go ahead and pick up an Idris, and then Hammers, the last two pickups are Glaive and Kashka, and then the surprising pickup for Cloud9, which is, it was Rona. It really surprised me. Yeah, so when I picked up the Rona, you know, that Rona's, unless it's going to be a Crystal Rona, I doubt it, but, you know, that kind of changes that Idris into that uh, Crystal, you know, laner there. So that's even you know more interesting to see how that was gonna play out. Um, early game, the Rona dominated. You know, Rona was strong early game, uh, but you know as the game went on, you had a Glaive was able to you know get on top of uh, Idris pretty quickly, even when he was you know using his ultimate to try to get out of those sticky situations. Kashka was right there to lock him down as well. Rona was kind of left just to twirl a little twirl red mist around and not really have a chance to get damage down. And we saw Hammers, you know, making the right moves towards the end of the game to actually sneak away with that game too. So, I mean, while Cloud9 played well in the beginning, they probably could have snowballed the game. They didn't snowball early enough because Cloud9 or Hammers was allowed to, uh, you know, sneak away with the win for game two. So, you know, I was hoping, you know, going in game three of these uh, finals here, I was thinking... Uh, who knows how this was going to end up comparative to uh, game two. I was expecting Cloud9 to uh, draft one of their normal compositions considering they uh, did not want to screw around and probably lose this. So I was looking out for maybe a Vox, you know, that Kashka crawl pick. But uh, their their draft wasn't too, too far away from one of their most comfortable, uh, you know, their most comfortable drafts. It's probably one of the their most aggressive one out there yeah i mean obviously when you get gabe vizzle on that fortress and the kashka with i love joseph we've seen it time and time again that early game aggression they are out there to get early blood and just snowball the crap out of the games to the point where it's over at pretty much the time the kraken spawning you can't get more than probably three offensive items two offensive items in there and um they executed it pretty well yeah you know we see hammers do the little uh, will outrange you with the Kestrel and the Samuel, you know, using that Samuel to kind of drift away. You know, we talked about this before. It's kind of a, a pretty common duo that we see Laner and Junglers pull out for a lot of the teams, and uh, it's a smart idea, but if you aren't actually kiting away and getting off your damage, getting off your active camo to kind of trap that Kashka in Fortress, in which there was times we saw some huge damage coming out of uh, starting all over, you know, he would get off his active camel, kind of back away. Maybe Trap I Love Joseph, who was leading that front, or who was leading the front of the pack, you know, along with, you know, Gabe Oza right there by the, with the Fortress. But unfortunately, you know, with Hammers blocking out the Silence, or maybe blocking uh, that, uh, or Yummy Cat and Frenzy coming out of the Kashka, uh, the Wolves coming out of uh, Gabe Vizzle were just too much, tracking down, um, Starting all over, not allowing him to get his after camo out, not allowing him to stay, you know, safe, stay in the back lines, uh, was really the main thing here going into this game. Cloud9 was able to, you know, run one of their comfortable comps. comps. You get Isle of Joseph on Kashka, whether or not that crawl is paid or played or not, I don't think it really matters. Uh, you see Gold School as well on a comfortable box who he dominates with just as much. So, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, we see Cloud9 <laughs> win. Uh, we see Crude dominate the NA scene while I struggled in the NA. He struggled in the... Somehow I did well in EU, and I barely ever watch EU. Like I, He watches more EU than I do, and yeah. I somehow beat him last week. So uh, it's, we, that's, that, that, that describes fantasy. I think everyone who knows that, if you play any like fantasy baseball or fantasy anything, whatever you play, it's there's a little bit of luck, let's be honest. I mean, you can't control if those players get hurt or you know if these players are subbed out or what the meta is there's so many variables that go into it it's kind of just a guessing game yeah so last week i got four points and he got uh five points uh this week uh, i pulled off a good uh 12 points um we i got my big three-pointer from picking the champion in eu 
Uh, I only got one wrong on that side. So that was a big 12 points for me. Uh, luckily, Crude missed another extra one on the NA side. But he does get another big three-pointer himself from Cloud9. So it cancels out all the points I got. He, got to, he gets 11. I only move up one on him. Going into split two here of the summer, uh, I have 37. He has 49. So I need another big week. I need to pick some champions, and he needs to not pick them. So that's my goal to catch him before we move into the Unified Live where all the points will be coming out like crazy. Yep. Uh, I got to be close enough to where I uh, make uh, some crazy picks in order to win. But Do you think you're close enough? Not yet I'm not, but I got two weeks left. So I got, I got time <laughs> to get there. Uh, real quick, let's go ahead and break down our point standings for NA before we go on to our MVPs. At the top, we see TSM with 32. Uh, coming up behind them, we see Cloud9 with 24. Uh, we see Nova uh, tied for third with Gangstars. I believe Nova would be a high ahead, though, based on wins. Uh, and head-to-heads, we see Timblestorm with 10. Hammers with 9. Rogue with 8. And Immortals with 4. So... Uh, Rogue having eight is big. Uh, you know, top six teams are going on to the the live uh, summer uni uh, unified champions. So, uh, Rogue and Immortals. Immortals needs to get some big wins next week in order to get up there. It's a really hard challenge for them. Uh, Rogue has a solid chance. Uh, it was a big weekend for them, uh, beating uh, TSM and getting those extra points. So. Uh, the bottom teams are looking pretty strong for the NA scene. We're looking to see them maybe catch up and steal in that sixth place uh, position. But let's go ahead and discuss our MVPs, make those picks, and then we'll wrap this episode up. It's been a long episode. It's been a long night. Yeah. Game of Thrones, once again, throwing off my mojo, man. Can't just be dropping all this craziness and expecting me to come down here and record after my brain was just blown on Game of Thrones. But... You know, nerd life is just it's, just... it's a struggle. It's too much sometimes. But let's go ahead and talk about our MVPs here, hand those out, and we will wrap this episode up. All right, so let's go ahead and talk. Uh, let's do let's do laner first. Um, we're going to go ahead and give it to one of the C9 guys, old school. Um, basically the gold school. Uh, the reason I'm kind of giving it to him, or we like we talked about, was his Adagio play. Um He's one of the very few people that we see to lock in at Adagio, even if it's not in meta, and still do extremely well with it. I know Tasty Bacon loves when C9 locks in that Adagio for old school. So um, he played extremely well throughout the week, th throughout the weekend. Um, helped carry that C9 to the to the championship game this week, I believe. So then for our jungler, we got I Love Joseph here, another guy from C9. Uh, we debated between Archaic and I Love Joseph. Archaic did a pretty decent job this week. Unfortunately, him and uh, part of the reason our MVPs, our thinking process is how, you know, players, the synergy is between the two. Archaic and starting just kind of struggled a little more this week than they have in the past. There's some weeks where Archaic and starting absolutely feed off of each other, and we saw that kind of in day one when they kind of dominated. Um, but we are going to give the edge to I Love Joseph. Uh, I know you had talked about a lot about his, you know, the crawl play and some of that, the old aggressive, you know, Fortress and Kashka. So last up, we got our captain. Uh, we got Playboy Afro. Uh, he played extremely well, getting hammers to the finals for this week. Um, I mean, I know his Baptiste play was extremely well. What What do you think? What do, What do you have on him? Yeah, I think the main reason why I wanted to go with him is just because he's one of those captains we talked about who's been entering the scene. He has to compete with the, you know, the legends, the, the Gabe Vizzle, the Flash X, the Veins, and has to, you know, kind of adapt and play these captain heroes that are, you know, the Graces, the Baptiste, this new Echo captain that we're seeing. You have to play it well and you have to play it smart. There's a lot more skill into these captains when you have to, you know, not only fear some shit. I mean, it's just insane. You got a crucible fountain. You have to fear some shade first. Then you have to wait and figure out when you need to fear some shade again, either to win the team fight or to run from the team fight to save your team. So, I think Playboy Afro does a really good job of deciding on that, deciding when to do it, when to run, when to fight. So, uh, obviously, while uh, Gabe Vizzle was the captain that was on the winning side this week, uh, seeing Gabe on Fortress was very tempting again to give him the the MVP. Seeing Gabe Vizzle play a Fortress type aggressive comp, we saw that Fortress Kashka Ringle 
Ringle. Ringo, the old uh, old thing we saw back in the good old days of Vanglory, but uh, we are going to get to play boy Afro. Uh, really great seeing some of these other captains making their name and getting into the finals. We've given it to Gabe too many times. Is basically what it boils down to. He, we've given him too many MVPs. Playboy deserved it this week. It's not just because <laughs> Gabe's had it too many times. But I think that's pretty much all we have. Do not forget Ginger and the Beard YouTube page. It is in my link show notes make sure you go watch gold from the fold it will have our top five plays plus mvps of uh this week uh you'll get to see the highlights of all the crazy aces uh with a little bit of some cheeky plays and uh, maybe even a crystal century here and there making some crazy plays <laughs> so uh that is all we have for episode 32 uh been a long night next time you see us it will be our prediction episode of weekend number two of split two we have uh run out of time for immortals run out of time for some of these other teams to get their points to get into that sixth spot uh vangler is about to get pretty interesting we have two more weeks till another unified live championship yeah it'll be interesting to see do we have one week off and then the unified do they i've not seen anything about i think we do but i feel like with two weeks left at this point during the spring we already knew that it was going to be at o2 in london Right yeah. Do we know where this is at? No, we, I have not heard anything. And granted, I was a bit busy weekend, so I haven't been on Twitter that much, but I have not seen... I feel like we would have seen that. Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting to see when it's going to be, where it's going to be, how it's going to be, what other questions are missing. Who, what, when, where. Why? Uh, why? Because it's been glorious. <laughs> yeah, that's why. We know that one. Anyways, guys, that's all we have. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers. Time for rolling.